0: Welcome to the C3 Oxford Falls podcast. For more information about our
1: church, please visit myc3church.net. Wherever you are listening from right now, get ready to receive as God has a Word just for you.
0: Awesome, guys. Have a seat. Let's jump into the Word. If you've got your Bibles, please, I'm a Bible person, so open your Bibles if you've got them with you on your phones. Um, I said it this morning, I'm not here to entertain you, I'm here to equip you, so we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Um, We're talking about a series called Lord Help Me, and I said it this morning, this is the three of my greatest words in my prayer life. Anyone else? Lord help me, Lord help me. Um, I love this series, how beautiful it's been. We've talked about the power of the Holy Spirit, we've talked about, Tammy was so beautiful last week. Tammy, I said it this morning, it's like honey, when Tammy preaches, you're like, oh my gosh, in the refreshing of the Lord and of the Holy Spirit. But tonight we're going to talk about finding truth. And I don't know about you, but I'm watching around me, I'm watching the world around me and truth is being challenged. Can you feel that? Truth is being, do you really believe what you believe? And if you believe that, why do you believe that? And we've got this challenge on our hand of truth, and it breaks my heart sometimes when the church reacts in judgment to that, where the church kind of fights back. We are to use the word of God against the enemies and the powers and principalities, not each other, not each other. I remember with my father, my beautiful father, who's um, on a journey to salvation, and God said, never, ever use the word of God as a weapon against a human, Kate don't do it, don't, don't speak that word of God in judgment against a human, that's not what the sword of the Lord is used to be used for, it's to be used against the enemy, and so as we're, we're in this fight of truth, we use the word of God against um, the enemy, and then we grace to each other, so we're going to have a chat about the truth in our society today, what's our truth based in, are you ready, I'm about to use the pen, you're all nervous aren't you, it's going to be amazing, let's go, I was um, praying about what my truth is based in because you've got to know what the solid foundation of your truth is. You've got to know what it's based in. Is it based in your emotions? Is it based in the things that you see? Is it based in, God help me, Instagram? <laughs> is it based in the news? How do I get my truth and say that is my truth? And I want, we're going to have a chat about that today. Is it what I feel Truth. Is what I see with my eyes just truth? Is what my friends tell me truth? Or is the truth what the Bible says, and I believe that above everything else? So we are based in this, and um, I l- the trinity of truth. And I know I can see the amazing Ryan Kerrison up there. Keep my theology on track, mate. Um, <laughs> the trinity of truth. I was studying this this week, Because we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as the trinity of truth over us. They're not just three beings. They're not beings that change their mind rapidly and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't come before the Father and go, I'm not sure if he's going to smite me, almighty Smiter, or if he's going to love me. He is not just acting truthful. He is truth. Jesus didn't just act truthfully when he was on the earth. He was the very being of truth. So when he walked into a situation, truth walked in. When you walk into a situation, truth should walk in. Full of grace and truth. When you walk into your family, maybe they're not saved, truth should walk in. So let's have a look at some scriptures around this. Father God is called the God of truth in Isaiah 65:16 because he who is blessed in the earth will be blessed by what the god of truth and he who swears in the earth will swear by the god of truth our father god who sits in heaven is a god of truth that we can be strong and solid he is unshakable i see truth like a mountain like this beautiful mountain And I stand upon this beautiful mountain which is a solid rock under my feet because my God does not change no matter what happens in society around me. Society can be doing this and that and doing this. I stand upon a solid rock because my God is the God of truth. The second thing is this, and you can take this in your notes, Jesus is the truth it says this in John 1, 17. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Can you leave that there for a second? Can you see the order? Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Pastor Chris Hodges said this at presence. He said, the order is important. Grace first, truth second. In society today, if you want to share the truth, it has to be first given in grace. First. When you share the truth, it's like bridge of grace. If I wanted to talk to Tim, bridge of grace, and then I have the opportunity to share the truth. If we barrage in truth without the grace, it doesn't go deep into their heart. It becomes judgmental. So I love this. It's grace and truth together in one. John um, 14, 6 says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And as I was praying over this, this is our call, showing the way, declaring the truth embodied in life. See, imagine that, showing the way, declaring the truth, but it's all embodied in life. When Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well, he declared the truth to her, and it was harsh. I mean, read that story. He's like, yeah, actually you've got this going on and this going, and what did she do? She didn't go, how dare you? No, 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 given in truth, she went, yeah, you're right. There's this beautiful encounter with truth. Now, today I feel like the truth that we are giving, we're, we're, we're a little bit ashamed of it. We're a little bit ashamed of what the Word of God says. Does anyone feel that this morning or tonight? You're a little bit ashamed of what the Word of God says because you're not sure how people are going to take it. But you've got to know that this is help for the society out there. This is help for them. They want solid foundation under their feet. And as we preach the Word of God, we preach this beautiful, solid truth. And lastly, the spirit of truth. How's my writing up there, guys? Thank you. I'm so proud. (laughs) John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. If tonight you have come in here and you've been searching for truth, then let me tell you, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. I don't know about you, but maybe tonight you've come in here and you're like, I don't know what to think anymore. I don't know what's up and down. I don't know what's right and wrong. But the Holy Spirit... Who lives in us gives us truth, guides us into that truth. We're gonna talk about reading the Bible with the Holy Spirit. Now, let me show you something. Father God sent the Son, yes? So, Father God sent his Son to die on the cross for us. Jesus then sent the Spirit of truth. So, when Jesus went, he said, It's okay. It's all good, I'm going to send you the spirit of truth. And then what happened is, the spirit of truth, not a fourth member of the Trinity, don't get my theology wrong, the spirit of truth inspired man to give us the word of God. And the word of God is the word of truth. And what happens in us is we pick up this word of God and we encounter the Father God through it. We encounter Jesus through it. We encounter the Holy Spirit through it. And it transforms and changes our life. But it has to be in our hand. We've got to pick up this sword. All right, are you ready? I'm going to tell you a quick story. Some people say to me, Katie, why are you so passionate about the Bible? Why would you do Trash your Bible? Why do you every week write a new video and get in front of the camera to entertain? I hate being in front of the camera, but I'm doing it because I'm passionate for the Word of God. And someone said to me, Kate, why are you so passionate about this? And let me explain it to you. About 12 years ago, um, I had just come out of being a youth pastor, full on, spirit-filled, speaking in tongues, amazing. Everything was going really, really well. And um, my life was great, to be honest. Anyone had that moment where you're like, yes, life is really good. I'd go to church. Everything was beautiful. And um, I had a seed in my head that I thought was truth. I thought I had based my life upon truth. And the seed in my head was this, um, that the blood of Jesus only lasts 24 hours. I don't laugh because your seed's probably worse. No. Um, <laughs> but I built my whole life upon that. That The blood of Jesus lasts 24 hours. So every day I had to pray over my family and I had to cover my family. And if I didn't cover my family, can you feel the fear in me? If I didn't cover, there's no fruit in fear. If I didn't cover my family, then the enemy could come in because the blood of Jesus was limited. Six years of my life, every day, I prayed over my family. I pray in fear. Has anyone, I prayed over my family. Lord, I pray over my father, my mother, so that nothing would happen. And then the day came that I didn't pray. I stopped. I didn't pray. I was on holidays. The first day in six years I didn't pray and my nephew died. And I remember the feeling of hearing my sister on the phone screaming and the feeling of my heart just breaking and then the enemy just came in like a flood and said, this is all your fault. You didn't pray. And the whole house of my world came crashing down. I went, st- fell on the floor, sobbed my eyes out. One, because I just lost my nephew. Two, I can hear my family. But three, this is all my fault because I forgot to pray. Condemnation came in on me for six months. Shame came on me for six months and I stepped out of church. I walked away. I was so embarrassed that I forgot to pray. Until one day, this beautiful pastor came up to me and said, how are you going, Kate? What's going on? And I said, I'm doing, okay. you know that moment? I'm doing okay. And inside you're like, I'm dying. <laughs> it's the holy Christian face. So I'm doing really good. And it's like, no. And he said, really? And I said, well, actually, first time it came out of my mouth. I said, well, actually, you know that the blood of Jesus only lasts 24 hours? And he went, what? What? <laughs> And I said, oh, like I'm informing him, don't you know the blood of Jesus only lasts 24 hours? And he goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. He said, so? And I said, well, I didn't pray, and it's all my fault. So everything from that happened to my family, the shame and guilt has come on me. And he said, let's open the Bible. (laughs) Shall we? Let's, Let's have a look and find the scripture that says the blood of Jesus only lasts 24 hours. He said, it's not in there, Kate. He said, you need to know your word. You've dropped your sword is what he said to me. You have, you no longer have this in your hand and what's happening is the enemy has come in and there's no foundation in a lie. The foundation is solid upon the word of God. We're going to have an a, um, altar call tonight because some of you are believing things, probably not as ridiculous as mine, but some of you are believing things that are just simply a lie. And you've let it be almost a foundation on your feet. I'm not good enough maybe to do that. God won't protect me if I do that. Things are sitting in your brain tonight and we're going to have an altar call where we're going to do a truth transfer. Because what I did at that point in time is I went back into my house and I did a truth transfer. And every lie that was coming up into my head, I got the word of God and the sword of the Lord back in my hand and I started to fight. And I fought everything. Jesus fought in the wilderness with what? The Word of God. If Jesus himself fights with the Word of God, how much more should we? If the Word himself... So I started to fight. Game on. You know, anyone got that moment? Right. I've just been re- six months of being in this trap. Six months of having these thoughts in my head. So let me show you what God taught me in those, that time. Three keys to finding truth. If you are taking notes, let's jump into them. These three keys to finding truth we are all Holy Spirit based. The Holy Spirit will show you these things, reveal them to you. First thing is this, inspiration. Let me show you the scripture, John fourteen sixteen to 17. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. As I'm reading this, I love the Holy Spirit. I'm reading it, and the Holy Spirit said, can you see the, tr- the two truths in this? Can you see them? And I'm like, no. So I read it again, and I, I noticed this. The Spirit of truth and the truth of the world. The spirit of truth lives in us. It's part of us. Can you see this? For he lives with you and will be with you. It's with us. And the world doesn't understand this spirit. Why? It says, because the world cannot accept him. It neither sees him or knows him. The world's truth is based on what it sees or what it can reason. So you can talk to someone and talk to someone and say, no, I am not believing this until I see it. But as Christians today, we are not called to live by sight. We are called to live by the word of God. We are not called to live by what circumstances are around us because you know what? If we live by that, that will become our reality. Our reality is based in this book. Whether our things around us agree with it, whether our emotions agree with it, whether anything agrees with it, we have to stand on the word of truth. Because you know what? Circumstances will bow to this. If you keep at it, that's what I did. I had severe depression, and every day I was like, I have a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29, 11, favorite verse. I have a future and a hope. I have a few And then I have a bit of a... My circumstances didn't change all of a sudden. It wasn't instantaneously. I had to just keep sword of the Lord, going again, going again, and they bowed to the word. Now, let me have a look at 1 Corinthians 2, 9. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. There are things prepared for you that right now you cannot see, you cannot hear, and you cannot reason with your mind, but they are truth and reality to you. And we have to stand in that. Now, what does that mean practically? When you read this beautiful book of truth, who struggles reading the Bible? I mean let's sometimes some days I read it and I'm like oh wow okay I'm supposed to be a bible teacher and sometimes it's a little bit black and white sometimes it's just downright offensive I'm like oh my read the old testament oh my goodness it needs like an r-rated on some of that stuff there I'm like lord how am I supposed to you know and I'm teaching on this I'm like how am I supposed to make this amazing but you know what as you read it ask the holy spirit for inspiration he'll help you ask him. So first thing, read it. How do you read it? Just pick a book, 66 of them. Pick, pick one and then just sit in it. Every month I go, okay, what book am I in this month, Lord? And I, I'll go, okay, I'm going to be in Ephesians. I need some power. I'm going to be in Philippians. I need some rejoicing. I'm going to be in, you know, Samuel. I need some history. I'm going to be in the Song of Songs. I need some romance. I don't know, whatever you want. <laughs> this book has got it all. And you just pick one and sit in it. And then as you're reading, can I say, sometimes it's a little logos, meaning sometimes it's a little black and white. Don't get scared. Just keep reading. It's filling your spirit. It's getting good. And then Rima, inspiration. Has anyone had that moment where the scripture just jumps out at you and it's like, that is mine? Now, once it does that, just meditate on it. Just during the day, just go over it and over it and over it because that is what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. So number one, it's inspiration. Number two it's revelation. Best book in the Bible, by the way. <laughs> I'd have to say that. I don't want this Bible just to be information to you. I want it to be revelation. Information just informs you. You don't need just informing. Revelation transforms you. So when, this, when you're reading the Bible, it's not just filling up your information. It's not just giving you wisdom, it's transforming your life. Romans 12 2. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be by transformed in your thinking. It says be transformed. So this will transform the way you think. Now let's jump into Genesis 32. We're going to sit in this scripture for a little bit, so come with me. I'm going to get a six ways to make the Bible not just information, but revelation. Are you with me? Let's go. This is the part where Jacob wrestles with God. How Don't you love, now read it with, not with me, we don't have to read it together, but let me read it to you. It says this, that night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. I I said this morning, what's happening? I said this morning, it sounds a little bit like Star Wars. Jabbok, anyone got that? After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions so Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When, that, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched, and he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. Has anyone figured out why they're fighting? Does anyone, why, why all of, this man just walks up and Jacob's like, game on. And I said this, I know you guys like to fight and wrestle and all that sort of stuff. And the wives had left at this point. So they were like, oh, we can wrestle and be boys. But seriously, when I read this, I'm like, why are you wrestling? And why is Jacob so, do you know what? I love the fact that Jacob was like, I'm wrestling. And we find out, we're going to read it to be blessed. You got to wrestle with the word of God to be blessed. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? He doesn't even know his name. Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. Most scholars believe that he was wrestling with God. Would you wrestle with God all night? Would you wrestle with the word of God to be blessed? It says, the sun rose above him as he passed Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Let me show you six things. Take your Bible reading from information to revelation. Write this down. Number one, be ready to wrestle. I am very sorry to say that you cannot get the wisdom in the Bible by having the Bible just on your nightstand. It would be great. It would be amazing, but that's not going to happen. You can't have the wisdom of the Bible by just, even just coming to church on Sunday and getting just this small portion that we're giving you. It's up to you to wrestle with the Word of God during the week. If you want to walk differently and transform your community like Israel did, you wrestle with the Word of God. We have a generation, and I love this generation that's coming up behind us, because they're not afraid to wrestle with the Word and question it. I don't know about you, but in my generation, we never questioned the Word. Um, You know, we just believed it. Yes, yes, we just believe it. Whereas for me, I'm an introvert, and I like to wrestle, anyone, I like to wrestle with it. When it says something and I'm like, oh, I'm not sure about that. When it says women cannot teach, what? I'm not sure about that. I'm going to wrestle with that. When you get that moment when you're reading your Bible and it you kind of comes up, don't just shut it and walk away. Don't go, I'm never reading that. Or don't just dismiss it. Lean in and engage with it. Second, it takes time. I'm sorry, but if you don't read it, it won't change you. It's got to transform. You have to go to the gym to get fit. I wish you didn't have to go to the gym to get fish. but you, wouldn't it be good if you just watched people at the gym and got fit? That would be amazing. Let them do the hard work. Let's, Lord, that's great. Let's just, that's Same with Bible reading. You have to engage. Number three, you are wrestling for the blessing. This is not just about wisdom. This is about wrestling for the blessing. If you need to be blessed tonight, Engage with the word of God and wrestle with it. Number four, it will change your nature. Don't you love that God kind of fights a little bit dirty in this um, scripture? And he's like, Man, this guy's this is you. This guy's not gonna stop. And he goes, I'm just gonna have to chop him in the hip and, and get this guy off me. He won't stop. Imagine that moment where you won't stop wrestling with God for the blessing in the word of God. And he's like, I'm gonna have to change the way he walks. It will change your very nature. I love it where it says, Jacob to Israel. He changed his whole being. Now, let me tell you a little bit. I studied this this afternoon. This is a pinnacle point in the Bible. Because Jacob is about to face Esau, his brother. So he did the dirty to Esau way back. Pretty bad. Like, have a read of it. It's not good. Um, (laughs) I'm reading it like, how did this brother do this? And he is about to come face to face, that's where he's going, with his brother that he took the birthright off. And in the midst of that moment, God knew he had to completely transform and change him. God knew he had a night to transform this guy from Jacob to Israel. And he wrestled all night with God so that by the time he faced Esau, he was a different person. Some of you tonight need to wrestle with God over situations in your businesses and your family. Just take that night to wrestle with God before you face that situation because he's going to give you the strength. He's going to change the way you walk for the next day's victory. Let's have a look. Lastly, it will change the community around you. I love at the end where it says, Israel now acts differently because of this situation. When you, and I said this this morning, fathers... When you are in the word of God and your kids come up to you and say, what do I believe? What's truth? You wrestling with the word of God for your family so that you can transform your family changes the way your family acts and behaves. Wrestle with the word of God as a father so that when your kids come up to you and say, dad, I don't know what, they're telling me this at school or they're telling me that that you transform your whole family. When you read the Word of God, it will change you. Practical. Richard Forsyth told me he goes to the gym. Can you see? You can, stand up, Rich. I mean, look, this is a specimen. And when he goes to the gym, he puts the Bible in his iPhone while he's running. I don't know what you do at the gym, lifting 40 kilos, I'm sure, doing all of that stuff. He's watching people work out like me, having a coffee in the side. That's me at the gym. But put the Bible into your life. If, you, if you're going for a run, maybe have audio in your ears. If you're in the car, maybe have an audio Bible. Bring it into your life so it's not hard, but it's, it's actually revelation, revolution to you. Okay, let's go. Lastly, three, application. So number one, it's inspiration. Number two, it's revelation. Number three, it's application. You have to apply what it says. You have to. I can again, I can read a book on weight loss. It will do absolutely nothing unless I actually do what it says. Yet we read the Bible and don't do it and wonder why we don't change. You have to do it. You actually have to apply. So read and believe the good, read and adjust what needs to be corrected. I love this in the message Bible, Matthew 7:24. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. When you read your Bible, we're not making your house pretty. That's not what the Bible reading time is. What the Bible is doing is getting your foundations right. Okay? When you start to apply it and do it, it's like the carpenter that starts building the foundations. If you had a house that was being built and the carpenter said, don't worry, we're not going to bother about the foundations, worry. Worry, because the foundations are important. Let me keep reading. It says this, they are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter, don't you love the message, who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. Why am I so passionate about you reading your Bible? Because when the storm hit and the tornado hit my life, my house collapsed like a house of cards. I had no idea my foundations weren't strong. I have to say I didn't read my Bible very much. I read it every now and then. To be honest, I didn't really think it was necessary. I, I was spirit-filled, praying in tongues. But to read my Bible, I got my Bible on Sundays. I got my Bible study stuff on Sundays. I, I got my Bible study when I went to Connect Group. I didn't need to worry about it in my own life or in my own personal life until God showed me through this moment that your foundations aren't strong. And I remember him saying to me, Katie, the word of God isn't just information. It's my time with you where I build your foundations, where I transform the way you think, where I get these beautiful, big, solid poles into the ground so people can come against you and things can come against you and storms can hit and you can raise your hands and raise a hallelujah in the midst of the storm because you know you are standing on solid rock and it does, the Holy Spirit will open this Bible up to you. It'll be not just information, but revelation. You have to actually apply it and do it. Now, can I say, some of us are really good at doing the correcting stuff, but not so good at believing the good stuff that it says. You, you read it and you're like, it says I'm this and this, and you're good at correcting yourself. But my word says, in him you are holy. Holy. In Him, you are chosen. In Him, you are blameless. And that's sometimes, I don't know, harder to really resonate. Youth, your truth has to come from the Word of God. Because this world is screaming all different things at us. You're this, you're that, you're this. No, no, no. I know who I am because I know what the Word of God says I am. I know who I am because of this beautiful book that I encounter every day. When you read this, you know, I was a super shy introvert that stuttered when I talked. I would get so nervous, I I, I would stutter. I'd just get so overwhelmed. And I remember a pastor coming up to my mum and saying, what are you gonna do with that girl? (laughs) She, she, she's so shy. And all I did was read my Bible when I was little. All I did was I'd sit in my room and just read my Bible. But all of a sudden, the word of God started talking to me about my future. All of a sudden, the Word of God started saying, Fear not, for I am with you. All of a sudden, it says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. All of a sudden, this stuttering little girl got a sword in her hand and said, I am that. I am not what I see. I am not what the world tells me I am. I'm not too shy to preach the Gospel. I'm not too shy to be up in front of an audience and preach the Word of God. But... I had to believe this over my circumstances and my friends and everything. Just close your eyes. Hey
1: everyone. What a joy it is to bring the Word of God to so many people all around the world every week. And I just love technology for that reason that we're able to broadcast through television, through podcasts, through social media and to bring Jesus into people's worlds in all kinds of ways. Obviously there are cost to that, there are uh, expenses in reaching out and accomplishing this preaching of the Gospel. And in the book of Romans, Paul says, how shall I go unless somebody send them? He's talking about the beautifulness of of the preaching of the Gospel, how it brings peace and joy into people's world. And so the people who are sending us into other people's worlds is you and the people of our congregations. And I'd love you to join with them and with us as partners, sending the gospel throughout all the world through all these means that God has put in our hands. And as we partner together, I know that there will be thousands of people in heaven for eternity because of our efforts together. God has called us to do this and we depend on people to send us and support us in taking the gospel to the world. I wanna say thank you for standing with us and believing God. I'm praying and asking God to touch you and to bless your seed that you sow so that you'll experience an incredible harvest in your lives in Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's message from our church. Hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by using at c 3 Falls.